0: Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer podcast.
1: If you are enjoying the show, and I hope you are, I wanted to mention our Patreon because that is the best thing that you can do to support the show if you are so inclined. Patrons get access to every podcast a week early without any of the ads. There's also members only channels in the Discord that I am super active in. I do Q and A's, I do some giveaways. And for everyone who has asked, there's also a way to have me review your music or artwork or anything else that you would like to get my eyes or ears on. Every month I do a call for submissions on Patreon. You post your work in the comments and then I will review it live on Twitch and then post them to YouTube for everybody on Patreon as well. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, there's a link to that in the show notes for this podcast. Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for making time for this. I'm excited to have you on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So we were just listening to, uh, A couple songs off the new album. Tell me about the album and you know for anyone who's not familiar yeah tell us about it. Every
0: time I you know do a a record with any of my projects I end up having a lot of uh, stuff that doesn't get used and um, I guess it just kind of came up you know talking with Sharptone and they're kind of like you ever going to do anything with any of this stuff and it's like I doubt it you know there's so much like back stuff that has never seen the light of day and they're just kind of like you want to put out like a solo thing. And I've like thought about it, you know, a few times or whatever. I've released a couple singles, you know, just with friends of mine and stuff. And, but yeah, they, when we talked about it, they were pretty serious about it. So I was like, well, yeah, I'm definitely down to do it. So I figured I would just write new stuff. And I did, I was able to use one really old thing on this, but other than that, I just wrote it, wrote it from the top. And that's basically where all this stuff came from.
1: And how long did it take you to, to write the songs? Oh, not long. They're like very, very vocally
0: driven, so very little technical aspects at all. I just wanted to create like a a big uh, opening for, you know, the lyricists and vocalists to do what they do rather than like really put the light on me so much. It's kind of like, you know, way more of a collaborative type of a thing. So the music doesn't necessarily take a backseat, but it's just trying to, I wanted to keep it open for everybody involved, you know, so they can really stand on top of it. You know what I mean?
1: What made you take that direction? Because, I mean, obviously, you can play your ass off. You know, a lot of people that are as good of a guitarist as you would be like, okay, this is my chance to fucking shred. Why did you choose to take that more vocally driven approach?
0: I guess if it was going to be something that was like, you know, me, 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 pay attention to me, then it would have just been an instrumental thing, you know. And I don't know. it's, uh, It's not very often that I get to do like any kind of body of work where I really get to kind of dictate where things go, you know, like most of the time with any of my projects that kind of there's parameters, you know, like this is what the band has sounded like or this is what the band wants to sound like. And so this was more like if I could just, you know, write the uh, canvas, you know, for uh, what, you know, some vocalists could be doing. And, you know, just I just wanted to keep it aggressive, but I didn't want it to be like technical, like show type of stuff. I wanted everything to feel like everything's up here, not just like vocals are up here, or guitars are up here, drums are up here. Like, I want everything to feel like that. You know, so pulling the music back and giving the vocalists more room to really drive the tracks. That that's really all it boiled down to for me. That was it.
1: Well I I mean I think you did that. I've heard I haven't listened to the whole album, but I heard like the five or six singles or whatever that have come out. And I would say based on that, this is one of the most aggressive things I've ever heard in my entire life. It is like just <laughs> ridiculously aggressive all the time. It was sick. That's, that's exactly what was I was like going for. like a couple for. seconds where you can catch your breath, but pretty much other than that, it's just pure
0: aggression. <laughs> that, that's that's hundred percent what I was going for. Like a lot of people would, you know, that know me or know like my back catalog, you know, they, they know me for doing like a lot of like wild technical stuff and like you know it's just stuff that's all over the place and it's like dude i did that already if you want to hear me do that go listen to that like right. i'm not interested in just doing the same thing over and over and over I'm, i don't care you know i wanted I really, that's why i really wanted to do something that was like able to showcase other people and then also having like taranto do like this the most absurd guitar solo on web of lies like i, I don't need to be that person it's like i know people that are so sick it's like i want to showcase them you know, and I'll just kind of drive the, drive the thing here. You know what I mean? That's what the, the real, uh, goal was. I think we hit it.
1: So who are some of the vocalists on this for anyone who may not be aware? You got some great ones. Yeah,
0: we got, we got a lot, we have more features than songs. So it's like kind of, kind of fun doing it that way. But like Andy from monuments is on it. I got, uh, Rio from crystal Lake, Chad from, uh, God, Chad has so many bands. I guess we'll we'll just use Frontier. And then we have um, Jamie and Jake from Polaris. We've got Jake from Reflections. You know, we've got Kirby from Fit for a King. You know, it's just, we got... That's That's already more features than songs already. And that's not even all of the features, you know? So that's like, it's just a super big collaborative thing, you know? That's that's why like made it super fun where it's like, and you don't have somebody kind of peering over you saying, it needs to be like this, it needs to be like this, write the songs like this, make them this long, make them this short. You know, it was just kind of like, we're just going to go for it. You know what I mean?
1: Interesting to hear you say that because, you know, about uh, having kind of parameters to work within and stuff because I feel like everything you have worked on, even though I'm sure there were those parameters, like your fingerprint is so clear. Like Amir, for example, I loved the previous version of Amir too, but like your version of Amir is like very clearly like, all right, Josh is in the band now. This is a different thing. You have like such a strong fingerprint that I think that comes through, even if you're saying that you feel like you have a lot of, I guess, restrictions. It does, like
0: no matter what. I, I always have the, the feel that... I have, you know, and everything that I do is, you know, 100% rhythmically based. And ultimately, when I first joined mirror, like when I started writing Look at Yourself with Frankie, I didn't want it to sound like anything other than mirror Like everything that you've ever heard, that's what I wanted it to sound like. Right. And like, I just don't write like that. So it's like trying to find the the, the equal medium where it's like it feels like mirror, but it still has me in it, you know? So... Because I think there's a challenge to working within those types of parameters. Like, you need it to still sound like the project or what the band is known for. So, would <laughs> you have nothing to do with the sound like that? It's very uh, tricky sometimes to really inject yourself into it and still keep it sounding like the project always has. And so. I mean,
1: I tried. <laughs> I definitely tried. I think you did. I mean, look at yourself as one of my favorite albums, like ever. I think that is a fucking masterpiece. Thank you, thank you. That's so sick. That's so sick. And I had a, a specific question about that album. We uh, we had. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Nail the Mix, but like that's I'm involved with that company. I'm a partner in that company, and we had Drew Folk on to mix. Uh, I forget what song it was, but um, to mix that song, I recall him saying that you like redid all the guitars or something in like a day. Am I imagining that? Yeah, that that was, that's honestly, that's Drew's fault.
0: Like when I, when we got to the studio to really track the record, like everything was done, you know, like, I, you know, all the guitars, all the bass, the DIs for everything, like it was done, you know, but when we were pretty much closing up everything for the record, <laughs> Drew was like, Just play the guitar part, or no, no, no. He said the bass. We were going to redo the bass. And he's like, Can you just play the bass like through my gear and through my DI? And let's just see what it sounds like. I was like, Sure. So, you know, we started playing a song and ultimately it was like, sounded way better. And so it was kind of like, Okay. So I just retract the record. Like, that's it.
1: But, and you did it like in a day.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, once we got done, it took, I don't know, maybe an hour to track the bass for the record. And then we got done. And he's like, so, do you want to see what it sounds like <laughs> if we mess with the guitars? And I'm like, not really, but I guess we can. So, we hook up the guitar. Of course, it sounded freaking better. So, then, yeah, we sat there. It took, like, I don't know, four. I, took, I, I think ultimately it took four hours to retrack the record. Because that's the thing. It's not some super technical thing. It's like, I like to call it being in the pocket. Right. You know, like, I'm not doing anything wild that's like, I need a million takes. Like, you get two takes. You get one take that you really... Focusing, then you got to see you get a second take to just vibe, and that's it. And whatever you get from those two takes, that's it. That's all you get. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and start punching in and stuff. Like, get out of here. Like, just press record, and whatever it is, is, whatever it is. Like, if you really listen to the record, you'll hear mistakes all over the place. I don't care. That's what the thing is about how I do things. I'm not trying to make things perfect here. I want things to feel like they really felt. You know what I mean? So, that's why you get two takes. Like, <laughs> whatever it ends up,
1: that's it. I want everyone listening to this to understand how fucking ridiculous that is, though, even though, <laughs> you know, people think that playing that kind of music and I i mean, not not to say that everything you play sounds the same, but like, you know, you have that style and it is, like you said, very like rhythmic. There's a lot of chugs and stuff like that. And people might think that shit's easy to play because you look at the tabs and you—you you know, it's like, OK, well, there's a lot of chugs here. Try playing syncopated chugs doubled to a click that tightly. And let me know how fucking easy it is. This shit is hard as fuck. It is extremely hard. If you are a guitarist and you have never recorded yourself doubled to a click, do it because you will find out very quickly that you are not nearly as good as you thought you were. All right. <laughs> well, honestly, that stuff's quad tracked. So even more ridiculous. Here's
0: Here's the funny part. Like, if you really want to like seriously test yourself, track with nothing but the click, like only a metronome, turn everything else off. Yep. And then if you can really get your timing really right there, you start to kind of develop an internal metronome. And now you don't really think about things anymore. It's just whatever your motion is, it's just all muscle memory. So, you know, and I like, I like to track a lot of stuff like that. Not Not that I necessarily nail it all the time, but it's really fun to like press against yourself like that to see like... Am I really on right now? Yep. You know, so it's like I'll be working on a track where I'm like programming the drums, for instance. And I have the drums there and I just turn them off and then just turn on the click and now track the parts and then come back, turn the turn the drums back on and see how close I was. And it's like, okay, this, this, this is an interesting way to go about this, but it's pretty hard,
1: especially quad tracking stuff. It's extremely hard. I remember the first time I did that and it was so humbling because I was like, oh, I fucking suck. <laughs> it, it was brutal. But, you know, that's that's the way you grow. So with that in mind, you know, I feel like your style is really having kind of a moment like not to say that you're the only person who did it back in the day. But I don't I mean, you kind of were, you know, with like Tony Danza and stuff like nobody really did it like you did. And then Glass Cloud to me is like the sort of evolution, more groovy evolution of that. And that style that you've been doing for a long time now is having a bit of a moment with, you know. 1056 and Darko and some of these other bands. What are the keys like for anyone who's into that and wants to play like that and have that kind of sound? What advice would you have for them? Number one thing, no limitations, none,
0: zero. Just you just have to be free with it and like if it sounds weird, do it. Do it at least track it and see what it feels like. And if it still feels weird, sit on it for a few days then go back, listen to it. Just don't be don't don't be afraid to be outside of the box. And most definitely, don't be afraid to not do what everybody else is doing. And that's nothing against anybody who is just out here sounding like everybody else does. But, you know, I think the best way to really make your own stamp is to just be you, really. You know, no matter how oddball off the wall that might be, just go for it, you know, like experiment with things like do do weird stuff like go just get out get out of the get out of the pocket for a minute you know start messing around with stuff you don't have to tune and drop b or drop a you don't have to play six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve string guitars like you don't have to play freaking guitars program who cares sure you know just like just let the limitations go and just see what you can do however you do it you know like that's my biggest thing is like with with my guitar playing is i like to make up my own tunings because I automatically can't sound and do the exact same things everybody else can do like it's kind of limiting as far as that's concerned because I can't just play anybody else's stuff like not in my tunings right. you know but at the same time you can't play my stuff and everybody else's tunings so it's like kind of can work with you and against you at the same time but I think it makes me have to think outside of the box when I don't have the the normal, Guitar tunings, you know, so it makes things a little different.
1: The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! Like the, the Wrath of the Buzzard. WMMS. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles The Wrath of the Buzzard. PROH Files. Subscribe now, wherever you get podcasts. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash ThePunkRockMBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. It's kind of ironic that, you know, guitarists now have more options than they ever have as far as, you know, amps and sims and IRs and all these boutique guitar bands and blah, blah, blah. And yet people all use the same shit and it's good shit. You know, everyone's using neural DSP with the same IRs and, you know, you got your ding wall with a dark glass and all that shit, which that stuff's great. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's just kind of ironic to me that in a time where you have so many options, so many people just use the same three things. I know. And that's
0: exactly what I'm saying. Like I have access to a lot of gear and it just, doesn't make sense to just use the same thing that everybody uses. You're already putting yourself in that box. You know, it's like you're, you automatically sound like this now. And like the dark glass stuff sounds sick. Like I have it, I have it's literally sitting it sounds right amazing. here. Sounds great. But as soon as you turn it on, it's what it sounds like. It's unmistakable. You know, it's like, you hear that, and it's like, ah, I know exactly what that tone is. You know, and so it's like, I don't want it to sound like that. And like, I didn't want my mix to sound like, you know, cinematic core. You know, I didn't, I didn't want it to sound like that. So everything is clipping all over the place. There's static as soon as you hit play. It's like you can hear the preamps are smoking. You know, I wanted it to sound like that. It wasn't like mixed mistakes. Like, no, no, no. I had to get Josh to do this stuff. It's like, no, I want it to be messed up. Like, I wanted it to be like, uh. This feels funky, like yes, I want it to feel funky. Why are the vocals so quiet? Shut up and read the lyrics. Like I wanted it to be like that. Like, do you remember that when you would get a CD? You remember the CDs had booklets in them? And when you opened the booklets, they had the lyrics in them. So it's like, now we have these like videos, like lyric videos that have all this stuff. So it's like, now we're making all those. So it's like, I want you to pay attention to it, not just be like spoon-fed everything. Like, oh, here's everything on your
1: beautiful platter. Like, shut up, like, go listen to it. Like, if, if you're into it, just go listen to it. The other thing that I always liked is that you didn't know what an album was going to sound like. The production was as much of a surprise. Maybe it'll sound great, maybe it'll sound shitty, or maybe it'll sound shitty in a cool way. Right. You don't know. You know, and again, I don't mean to sound like an old man, but I feel like especially kind of in the metal world, it's so formulaic now that everyone wants the same like punchy, super compressed drum sounds and the same guitar. And and it sounds good. I get it. But it's almost like because we now have the ability to dial in exactly the same thing as everyone, you know, you do. Um and and I missed that element of surprise of pressing play and not knowing what it was going to sound like. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that I thought sounded amazing, the people in the band were like, "Oh, that recording's fucking terrible. It's dog shit. We hate it." I'm like, "Okay, but I liked it, and everyone else likes it." Those are the ones I love the most.
0: Like, yeah, the ones that sounded bad. It's like, dude, there's something special about those. Like a lot of these older recordings. Like, pfft, I would, yo, I. My EP chases those sounds. Like right. I, that's like what I hear in my head is these old sounds. Like things are just like ah, this is questionable, but I don't care. Put it to tape. If we literally did that, we literally took all of this noise and this ruckus, this chaos, and then we printed it to tape. And it was like, okay, there it is. Now everything is like
1: all the time you know those are some ridiculously aggressive mixes for sure everything (laughs) is fucking clipping yes everything the (laughs) hi-hats are plus 34
0: db the drum bus was at plus 76 db wow i didn't know it even went that high yeah if you're not in a digital domain you can get that sucker to hate as hard as you want it to hit before it's like Noise and nothing else, you know, but this that's what I was going for.
1: I didn't want it to sound like that. Who mixed it? Josh Schroeder. Oh, okay. I was going to say he would be the perfect person for that. So, for anyone who's not aware, he did like Lorna Shore to the Hellfire, you know, and that's a very super aggressive and very weird mix with a lot of things in it that are quote unquote wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the reason why it sounds so cool is because there's parts of it where everything is distorted and it just sounds like a fucked up mess. With Will fucking making weird noises over it. Yep. <laughs> and it wouldn't be nearly as cool if it was all clean and precise and he followed the rules and made sure nothing was clipping. He just doesn't give a fuck. He has no rules for how he does everything. He also did King 810, the uh, Alpha, what was the name? The one with Alpha and Omega on it. I forget the name of the album La Petite. Yeah, yeah, which is fucking brilliant. Whether you like that band or not, just sonically, it's a goddamn masterpiece yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely and if you want to break the rules josh schroeder is definitely the guy to go to yeah i knew i knew
0: that that's where i was going to go for a long time it was just a matter of when i could get there and how we could do it and then you know the day before i have to go out there to uh, start tracking the stuff my drummer that was going to track the drums couldn't do it so then that left it on me to do it instead so we got there and you know dialed it all in started tracking and he he drove me like he would have driven anybody else doing it so he's he's just the best like he'll really zone in on you with you and like you know key in on you not right. just like uh an engineer doing an engineer's job like he really makes it personal he's
1: a producer not just an engineer right right he's the type of guy that's like what if we made the drum bus plus seventy six dB?
0: Let's try. It. <laughs> he is—he is literally that guy. He's like, like what 76? if I moved? Yeah, I'm in the—I'm in the drum room, and he's like, I'm in the middle of tracking. And he stops, walks in the room, and he comes in there, and he's like looking around, just looking at stuff, and he grabs this weird stand, this this mic stand on the biggest base with three wheels I've ever seen, and he starts like fitting microphones onto it, and then he takes off running down the hallway with this thing, and he runs back. He's like, all right, I'm good. Closes the door. So now we're going back in and we're tracking again. So I tracked whatever. I come out and this dude has set up a stereo microphones between the hallway, which is like 45, 50 feet away from the drum room that is closed. Uh-huh. And then something else up out in a garage. It was just like, what are you doing? Like, And that's like so cool because he's just got these ideas where he's like. I'm thinking and I could probably do something with this. And he starts just doing crazy stuff. Stuff I definitely wasn't thinking of. Like, could you mic this up from like 250 feet away from a closed door? <laughs> like, I wasn't thinking press that. Press the shit out of it. Yeah. Like, and he just does some crazy stuff. Like, hes it's really a, a very eye-opening experience working with a producer engineer like Josh. Like, because he just cares. He takes, like, those extra steps that you don't really see when you're working with somebody who's going to turn on a preset and be like, right. okay,
1: we're good. You know, right. it's not like right. that so did did you play drums on it is that what you're saying yeah oh wow yeah I, di- I didn't know you could play drums that was actually my first instrument that would make sense with your style of guitar though
0: yes 100 percent. like i'm just a rhythm rhythm person um when i first got into tony danza to do my first tour with them on guitar the drummer like something went down with the drummer and he left the band and they thought they were gonna have to cancel the tour and this was going to be my first tour on guitar and like we're like a week away from the tour and they're like, yeah, I guess we're gonna have to cancel. We're gonna have to call our agent and blah, blah, blah. And my dumb ass was like, I could probably pull this off. And you know, we're all together and they're like laughing. They're like, what are you talking about, dude? And I they because they had no idea that I played drums too. So I mean that shit's not easy you know, to play
1: either. That's... Definitely,
0: definitely wasn't. But that this is a long time ago. So I was much closer to being able to pull off a set like that then. And you know, they're like laughing about it and whatnot. And it's like, no, I can seriously probably do it. It's like if you can get a kit, I can probably pull it off. So and they were still good friends with the, the original drummer. So they hit him up, got his kit. Took it to the practice space to set it up, and then we ran the set. And they were just all freaking out the whole time. And then I ended up having to play drums with Danza for like a long time before I was able to move to guitar. I did not know that. Yeah. And then when I finally got to move to guitar, everybody in the band except the singer had to leave the band. So now, again, I'm put into this spot where it's like, I have nothing to do with this band. I have nothing to do with the sound of this band, but I have to make a record that sounds like this band. You know, so now I'm like, uh okay. (laughs) You know, so that was how that whole thing started. And then we put
1: out Danza three and then here we go. So you mentioned being in the pocket earlier. Um, what is that term for anyone who's not familiar with that term? What does that mean to you?
0: Uh, being in the pocket is not, you know, being flashy, not just trying to overplay parts just to make what you're doing look cool. You know, or make yourself look cool. Like, I don't do, I like, I don't, I like everything to either be strong and on top or I like everything to be pulled back, Mm -hmm. especially when there's a vocalist involved. If there's a vocalist involved, I like to do this. When the vocals are on top, I like to have the band carry the vocals. When the vocals come down, yeah. When the vocals come down, that's when i like to bring the band up really hard and then when it gets to like the chorus lift everything up you know but like every now and then i'll do like some little weird things that might happen on guitar and you know some little weird fill or something that might happen in drums but i like to think that they're tasteful things not really like flashy things you know what i mean
1: well the last time i saw a mirror which was uh maybe 2019 i've I forget, was it with Knock Loose or something? I don't remember who it was, but I was just fucking blown away because of exactly that, because it was like the whole band was just grooving so tight in the pocket the whole time. And that's what I get off on is groove. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like you guys were so like effortlessly tight. I was just fucking blown away with that. Like the whole, that's it's like sick. the whole band is like a percussion instrument. Yeah. And and it's, it just, it seemed like you were having a lot of fun not to say that stuff isn't challenging because it's, it is, like I said, but you know, for you, it's not the most challenging thing in the world. Right. It seemed like you were just having a lot of fun up there.
0: That's the biggest thing about being in a mirror for me is like the amount of fun I can have. I don't have to sit here and pay attention to every single note. I don't have to worry. Am I about to blow this part? Like there's, it's all I do is have fun up there now. Like being able to play stuff that is less demanding and more freeing like you know (laughs) we'll be in the middle of you know i'm sure wherever you saw us at you'd probably notice moments where i'd be facing my drummer talking and laughing because we're like making fun of each other all the time like we just we that's all we would would do is have fun like that's it so it was a lot of fun and not having to (laughs) all the time it's like right it's cool it's cool to be able
1: to just have a fun time with it it is cool but again i think people really underestimate how hard you know how challenging it is to just groove that tightly i mean like shredding that's that's challenging too for sure but just playing a fucking Limp biscuit song as tightly as lint biscuit plays it is real fucking hard too yeah it is i think in a shredder's
0: world when you have like say i say i'm playing a lead right now and i have a band backing me up i feel like you have a little more wiggle room to kind of fuck up you know you if you botch a part just figure out a way to come back out of it and get back into your spot or whatever the case is. And if I have a full unit here and we are all in a unison type of a pattern, if somebody gets off of that, it's gonna stick out like a sore thumb. Right. So now it's more about working together as a unit. Like how can we get everything to be locked in, in that pocket, create the pocket super tight. And like drums and bass is a massive part of that. And I've just been super lucky and had awesome drummers <laughs> like right you know so that that always helps a lot and everybody being on that metronome and practicing with your metronome and having that internal click it changes everything i think
1: people don't like guitarists anyway don't like the idea of practicing with a click maybe because they feel like it's less fun or something like that but to me, and obviously your opinion means a lot more than mine. But to me, that's something everyone should be doing. What What are your thoughts on that?
0: I'm gonna. I, I, I would feel multiple ways about doing the click thing. Like, for me personally, chances of me doing anything that's not going to be on a click is very low. Like, I, I like to be able to like. Program all of my automation. So I don't want pedal boards anymore. I did pedal boards. Mm-hmm. I don't care about this stuff anymore I want to I want my effects to happen on their own now Like that's why we have the technology and that's how I try to use it
1: So you do that with like Ableton or something or
0: yeah, just Cubase, but okay. same thing You yeah. know, I just program any kind of patch changes that I need weird pitch shiftings. Like I don't want to sit here and play this damn pedal get out of here You know, like I just program it so that's done. So I personally need to always be very aware of my click and that doesn't mean that the click stays at the same meter all the time like mm-hmm. you know tempo's has changed all over the place you know but now there's another side of all this too that takes you back to 100 live and like being in a room with a group of people that your songs do this, they push and they pull, but they do it organically and naturally. And you know, as well as I do that, that rules, you know, when, when you have that band, that's like, they get to the heavy part, but they slow it, you know, but practicing
1: to the click will help you be able to do that.
0: Yeah, it definitely can until you're in that band where it's like, right, right. You know, now we're playing this show. There is no click. And now, now it's just vibe time. That's it. Now it's like, how together are we that we don't even need a click. But we're all together because we're all like honing in like on the drums and feeding off of each other. And now when you feel that drummer start to slow down, you just all slow down together. And you know, like there is something that's really cool about that.
1: That like five BPM up or down that yeah, you you don't really hear, but you do feel it. You feel it. That's that's like that's like a really cool thing about it. Did you ever listen to Cynic? Yeah, of course. I remember uh talking to Sean, the drummer, uh Rest in Peace. He said they recorded that live to tape with no click. <laughs> I was like, and they were like twenty. Yeah, I mean, and and the tempo he showed me, the tempo was like plus minus ten BPM. Like it it moves a lot, but they always stay in the pocket. And I think that's just like such an important thing that to me, that idea of being in the pocket, um, with as popular as Gent is these days, you 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 know, you would think that that's something people would think about a lot, but I feel like they don't. There's a lot of things about the more I'm going to call it the old school way that
0: is not really utilized and thought about so much nowadays, you know. There's just kind of like gent is like the the norm for the metal default. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like 100% and like even the tones that come with it and the sounds that come with it and you know everybody's doing the you know stop right 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 more, more stuff more sure you know and it's like
1: thing yeah, yeah.
0: yo they, they i feel like Learn which is, is probably the the top tier as yeah, far as but they already did goes. it goes yeah
1: yeah so you don't need to do it again <laughs> you want to that's cool right but you don't ha- like you were saying you don't have to if you want to do that go for it but like you don't have to just because they did it yeah like you could you could find the same
0: the same stuff for yourself you just gotta experiment with stuff you know like i I remember hearing lauren Shore's stuff when they were first going to josh right and it was like not that but the ideas were already there and they were the perfect move to go to josh like Mm -hmm. together they put together just a monster of a record just a complete monster and like us honestly as as far as like I, i i think that their death core i think that's something something along those lines yeah but uh i feel like they are probably the top of that realm i feel like that it, sure. that's just what they are so rather than like i want to write a Lorna Shore short thing it's like if how are you if you're doing that kind of stuff and how yeah. are you i'd be trying to think like how can i beast that right that's that would be my drive i wouldn't be wouldn't be trying to sound like that i want to be like how can i make something more insane than this you right. know like
1: right that's what i would initially go for for sure for sure there's so many things like, you know, I've been listening to this kind of music for a long fucking time. And every five years or so, somebody comes along that does something that I either didn't think was humanly possible or just was like, you can't do that. Right. Like, I remember um Attack Attack was that. Uh, a Day to Remember was that. Arch Spire was that. Issues was that. You know, just... And that's, that's this kind of stuff that I find really inspiring, whether even if I don't like it, just the people that come along and Lorna Shore was that too. Where you're just like, what was that? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm always looking for. That's cool to actually. And I mean, I you say, say your that. P- your playing was like that too for me. That, that, you know, that that's like, awesome. Way back with Tony Danzer, just like, whoa. <laughs>
0: even back then, I didn't even know what I was doing. I had no idea. Like even to this day, I still don't know what I'm doing. But like then, I really didn't know what I was doing. I was basically trying to be a band that I had nothing to do with. So like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing at all. And like, but to hear you say like even if it's a band that you didn't like, like you, you could still respect what they did and sure. how they did that. That's like, that's pretty rare nowadays. Like that you don't really hear people talk like that. It's very much like, I love this or I hate this or it's trash or like, right. you know, whatever that's, that's like the norm that you really hear. And it's like very refreshing to hear somebody
1: say that. That's really cool. Well, like Sempaternal, I hate that album, Mm -hmm. but I think it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would never choose to listen to it, but I think it's brilliant. That's that's
0: very rare to hear somebody say that. Like most of the time, it's like, you
1: know, yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I just feel like we don't, I don't know. It's like, that's just not how people really work now. They just are like, this sucks. Even just because they don't like it, it's like, it sucks. Yeah. And it's like, or cause they don't
1: like the people who like it.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Which is like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about
1: this music? Are we talking about this material? What are, what are we talking about? Yeah. You know, like I remember with the, the MySpace deathcore stuff, <laughs> you know, a lot of the old school death metal people didn't like it. Like literally just because of the way the death core kids dressed. <laughs> cause they had stretched ears and wore hats and stuff. <laughs> Like, have you yeah. listened to Suicide Silence? They're heavy <laughs> as fuck. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, it's great. It's great. Uh, I just, I and I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't really pay attention much to a whole lot that is going on and like music and what, what's cool, what's right. not cool, like. When I'm writing records, I don't even listen to metal. Like, I, I don't really listen to metal in general. Like, you know, people have to bring
1: stuff to me for me to really check it out. I'm not surprised to hear that because, you know, typically people who do something innovative in a genre are not like listening to a ton of stuff in that genre, but. Other people might be surprised to hear that. What kind of stuff are you listening to? Oh, geez. I don't even know what to call
0: it. Like ambient, like soft, slow, lo-fi stuff, mm-hmm. I guess. Like generally there's no like guitars, like definitely nothing heavy, no screaming, stuff like that. It's just like very soft stuff, like very melodic stuff. It's about all i really like listen to i mean i spend a lot of time working on stuff so it's like I, the last thing i want to do is find some band that i'm super in love with and the next thing you know everything i'm writing sounds like that band
1: so you're you're listening to uh lo-fi beats to gent and shred to <laughs> i don't even do that i just
0: i sit there and i vibe to it until it's like all right time to work then i go silent for like 10 15 minutes until the songs are just in my head and it's like all right, now I know where I'm going. You know, because I don't really like sit down and just like, I'm just going to play guitar. Like, I don't do that. Like, I generally, there's something going on in my head and I have to hurry up and get down here and track it before it. My brain is like, oh, next thing. You know, so that's generally what happens, how I write stuff.
1: Was there a time where you did like deliberately practice and just play guitar and, and you moved away from that? Or have you always been that way? I don't think I've ever just sat and played guitar. Like, I guess
0: maybe before I ever had stuff to record with i probably did then but i was probably still playing whatever you know on guitar and still hearing all of the other things where i had no way to track it and since i've ever gotten to the position where i could track my own stuff that's just how i've always done it it's so rare for me to ever just sit and play guitar like because I, I like to practice all of the things i like to practice guitar playing bass playing programming editing mixing mastering mm-hmm. like i like to do it all. So. All I got to do is get in here and start doing something. And then now you have everything right here at your disposal to sit here and do it all. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you think even 10 years ago, you know, home recording was definitely a thing then, but not like it is now. Definitely compared to like 15 years ago when you had to go to a studio and blah, 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 had to find someone to play drums. I mean, it's never been a better time to be a musician. I know people bitch about Spotify and stuff, but man, I think it's amazing. You, You have everything you need to make any kind of music you want. At home for pretty reasonable budget and then distribute it to the whole world i think it's amazing i I, there it is
0: definitely a double-edged sword for sure because it's like you know all of these bands and artists and projects like kind of catching the short end of the stick monetarily but it's like man the exposure and the the, how easy people can find you and how easy people can listen to you and what you do is like right and like it's, it's stupid was you know
1: we're, was 99% of metal bands ever going to make a cent, you know, 20 years ago anyway? No. <laughs> not not unless you were one of the big ones. You know, definitely not. The top 1%. I mean, even a band on a label like Century Media in 2009 was not making any money. Right. You know, or, or in, in 95, they're like, nobody was making any money on Century Media back then, unless you're yep whoever the biggest band on Century Media was then. I don't know, the Cooner <laughs> Coil or something, you know? Right, right. So, you know, I, I think people are chasing something that never really existed. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not. Yeah. All right. Well, I will let you get going. Uh, but thank you very much for making time for this. I appreciate it. Uh, everybody go uh, check out the album. Uh, some people in chat are saying you had some IRs to plug too.
0: Oh, yeah. The uh, massive soundworks. like those IRs are out there. But they're like the real deal, though. You know, if you want to you want to sound like all the Genty boys, this ain't for you. But if you want to sound like some real guitars. <laughs> with some real mics and some real cabs with some switchable speakers. This is real. It is. Try it. IRs make a bigger difference than the amp sim, in my opinion. They definitely can. They definitely can. They can make a terrible preamp sound awesome.
1: (laughs) They definitely can. Yep. So if you're interested, check out the IRs. Um, Check out the album. Anything else? uh, Check Twitch. Go follow Josh on Twitch. Anything else you want to plug? That's it. I mean, EP's out. Check it out if you like. Cool. Well, I will let you go. I appreciate it. And I'll talk
0: to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Finn. Take it easy. Take care.
1: All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home thinking about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey there, I'm Johnny Christ from Revenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.
0: Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lambgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast.